All right, good morning, 316 Church. How are y'all doing on Super Bowl Sunday? All right, I got to do a quick poll here. How many of you guys think the 49ers are going to win? Let me see a show of hands. Okay, what about the Chiefs? Man, it's like a house divided. We're supposed to be united, guys. But my name is Pastor Doug. I am the student ministry pastor here at 316 Church. And I just wanted to show respect real quick, one to Pastor Randall Sean and Pastor Randy. It's always a privilege to speak on a Sunday morning. I saw a couple of guests from, I, I, I call them family. I call them my second parents. Uh, Bill and Kay, if you guys stand up real quick, just want to show some respect towards them. They are my best friend's parents. They're, I call them my second parents. Thank you guys so much for coming here. It means so much. Um, but we are in our second week of our series, The Gospel BC, in which we are discovering Jesus or characteristics of Jesus that can be found in the Old Testament. And last week, if you weren't here, Pastor Randy kicked off the message, and I encourage you to uh, watch it or listen to it, because he walked through each and every book in the Old Testament and showed how we can see Jesus in that. He focused on uh, the life of Joseph and how Jesus and Joseph shared multiple characteristics throughout their life. This morning, we are going to, be, we are going to continue in our series and discover Jesus in the books of wisdom, and primarily be looking at Proverbs. I also just want to say I thought it was ironic that the pastors chose me to speak on wisdom. I was like, I am 30. I was like, Pastor Randy has been doing ministry as long as I have been alive. I feel like he is the more qualified candidate. But then I thought about it. I was like, clearly they must have thought about a scripture. In Proverbs 16:31 says, Gray hair is a crown of splendor. It is attained in the way of righteousness. So if gray hair is equated to splendor and righteousness and wisdom, how much more for bald people, am I right? Amen. But on a real note, I am excited to speak to you this morning and to show you how we can see Jesus in Proverbs. And before we dig into the scripture, I want to give some context on the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs was written by King Solomon. And if you remember, King Solomon is the son of King David. And Solomon is attributed to writing three different books. Uh, he's the primary author in Proverbs. Uh, he's the author of Ecclesiastes and, and in Song of Solomon. And he is considered to be one of the wisest kings and wisest men to have ever existed. And so because of that, the wisdom that King Solomon had, the nation of Israel had reached its apex, politically, culturally, and economically. And so in Proverbs, there's 31 different chapters, and each contain a pro and they contain multiple Proverbs. And a proverb is a short statement that expresses a general truth for practical, godly living. And the term wise and wisdom is repeated 113 different times in the book of Proverbs. That's why it's considered the book of wisdom. But a common theme that you can see throughout Proverbs is the fear of the Lord. It's found 14 different times throughout the book. Now, this idea of fearing God means having a holy reverence for him. And it greatly impacts the way that we live our daily lives. Fearing God is respecting him, obeying him, submitting to his discipline, and worshiping him in awe. Living in the fear of the Lord is not fearing that God will put his hand of retribution on you. It's fearing that he might take his hand off you. 
So I wanted to be clear on what the fear of the Lord is, because that helps us understand wisdom and helps us understand who Jesus is. So now that we've established the context, let's get into the scripture. We're going to be looking at four different poems that are found within the first nine chapters of Proverbs. And in those four poems, we're going to come across four different callings of wisdom. And we are going to see that wisdom isn't just poetry, it's a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the embodiment of the wisdom that is written all throughout Proverbs. And the words of wisdom would come alive, be written on the flesh of the Son of God for us to live and guide our lives. Or to put it more simply, Jesus is wisdom incarnate. It's important to understand wisdom because if we understand wisdom, we understand Jesus. And if we understand Jesus, we know that he is calling us to a higher purpose. He's calling us to an everlasting life because if we miss wisdom, we miss Jesus. And Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one goes to the Father except through him. So we have to hang on to this moment to understand what wisdom is. So the four different poems that we are going to be looking at are Proverbs 1, Proverbs 3, Proverbs 8, and Proverbs 9. And wisdom is personified as lady wisdom, a voice that is calling out. And so we're going to be looking at these four different things on what wisdom is calling us to. The first, pro, first poem, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33, wisdom is calling out to us. The first glimpse of wisdom that we get is that wisdom is calling out to us with its voice. Verses 20 through 21 says, Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. Wisdom is first seen calling out to us multiple different times on top of the wall, at the city's gate, at the public square. And each of these locations that wisdom is calling us to, that is calling out to us, is in a public space. A lot of the times we think that we can't obtain wisdom because we don't know where to find it. When the truth is wisdom is constantly calling out to us. It's not hard to find. If we begin to seek after and look for the wisdom, it's right there in God's word. The truth is, are you looking for it? Wisdom is calling, calling us to a life of godliness, a life of integrity, and to turn away from the other foolish voices that lead us from wisdom, like pride, sinful desires, worldly influences, and even false teachers. But just because wisdom is calling out doesn't mean that we're answering the call. Instead, we often ignore the voice that is constantly calling out to us. How many of you guys get scam calls on your phone, Right? Pastor Randy is the king of this. Like, he gets, what, 15 to 20 phone calls? That might be lowballing it, a day in which it is a scam call. But often we see a number that pops up on our phone, and we answer it, and it's somebody saying, hey, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty, and we're quick to hang up or say, don't call me back, or all these different things. And in a practical way, when it comes to avoiding scam calls in our real life, we know to ignore it. But whenever the, the, the deceiver, whenever Satan, whenever he begins to tell us different lies, when he begins to scam and tell us that the success is found in fame, money, power, and sex, and when he begins to tell us all these different things, we buy into those lies versus trusting in the wisdom that God says. And instead of listening to the voice of wisdom, we listen to the voice of the serpent. God is calling us to listen to him. 
We see how wisdom is constantly ignored all throughout Scripture. Adam and Eve ignored God's wisdom and fell to the lies of the serpent. People ignored Noah before the flood. Pharaoh ignored Moses' demands to the Israelites. The majority of the major and minor prophets were ignored because they were telling truth. And Jesus himself was ignored. But if we choose to listen, if we choose to realize that wisdom is constantly calling out to us, that it's not hiding from us, what is wisdom saying? Wisdom is saying in verse 23, repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. The first thing that we need to do to embrace wisdom is repentance. To turn from our own foolish ways and to change our pursuit of what the world deems as successful and instead listen to what what the wisdom says, to listen to what wisdom is calling us to, to turn towards God and his wisdom instead of trying to rely on our own or what the world says. The truth, only after repentance will wisdom pour itself out. When you look at that scripture, it says to repent, and then it says, then I will pour out my thoughts to you. It starts with repentance, because the truth is we cannot be filled with wisdom if we are filled with foolish things. So often we're saying, God, I, I want to hear you speak to me. God, I'm looking for your wisdom. God, I'm searching for you. But instead, we are filling our life with meaningless things that are going to not, they're not going to stand the test of time. Instead, we're filling our lives up with sin. And we wonder why we can't hear the voice of wisdom that is calling out to us. It's because we're filling our lives with something else. We have to empty ourselves so that God can pour himself in. Are you listening? Are you filling your life up with wisdom? Or instead, are you filling your life up with worthless things? Wisdom or worthless, God is saying to check your heart. If you're not hearing from God, you need to do a heart check and see if he is calling out to you. Or instead, do you have sin in your life that is blocking you from the voice of God? Jesus is the wisdom that is calling out to us. Jesus is that voice that is constantly telling us to repent of our ways. He's the one that is calling us to, to surrender to him, to turn away from sin. When Jesus was first tempted in the wilderness, he defended himself with scriptures. And then when he began his ministry, the very first word that he said in Matthew four seventeen was repent. That was Christ's first word as he began his ministry was to repent. To turn away from sin, rather, to, and to turn towards the Son of God, because that brings us closer to the Father. But instead of listening to the voice of Jesus and repenting of our ways, we ignore him. We fill our lives up with pride, greed, money, fame, and because of that, Jesus cannot pour himself in. Jesus is calling us to repentance. The second thing that wisdom is calling us to is redemption. The second poem is found in Proverbs 3, verses 13 through 20. And wisdom is compared to being greater than silver, greater than gold. But then it makes an interesting comparison. It's compared to the tree of life. In verses 17 and 18, it says, Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Wisdom is compared to the tree of life, and it continues to say that wisdom was present before the beginning of creation itself. In verse 19 and 20, it says, By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundation. 
By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. The very next poem that we're going to look at in Proverbs 8, it it continues this thought that wisdom was there before creation. Proverbs 8.23, I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. And it continues on by saying, wisdom was there before the mountains were shaped in verse 25, before the dust of the world in verse 26. It was present when he established the heavens in verse 27. He was, when he assigned the sea its limits in verse 28, and when he marked the foundations of earth in verse 29. Wisdom has always been present. It is always there. It is constantly calling out to us and has been there since the dawn of creation. It was there when Adam and Eve made the conscious choice to not listen to God's wisdom and try to figure out the knowledge of good and evil on their own. They turned away from the voice of wisdom and listened to the voice of the serpent, listened to the deceiver, listened to the father of lies, and tried to figure out what wisdom is on their own. They tried to identify what is good and evil. And the consequence from eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil resulted in this broken world that we live in. The fall took us out of freedom and fulfillment with the Father and instead put us in bondage of sin with Satan. That the sinful world that we live in is broken, it's suffering, and that it leads to death. And the sinful world that we live in, it shows that we are in desperate need of something, that we are in desperate need of redemption, desperate need of a Savior, someone who can pick up the fallen who have fallen from God's grace because we have sinned, someone who takes us back to the Garden of Eden, back to paradise lost, someone who, re, someone who can restore everything that we lost in the garden and take us back to the tree of life. Jesus is calling us to redemption. Jesus is the wisdom that is calling us to redemption. It is only through Jesus' death that we, that we can restore what was lost. We know in John 10.10 that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But as you continue, it says that Jesus has come that they may have life and have life to the full. Jesus is calling us to redemption. While the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, we have a Savior that says he is the way, the truth, and the life. Sin resulted in brokenness, suffering, and death. And Jesus would take that upon himself. Jesus would be broken for us. He would suffer for you, and he would die for you. Jesus' death on the cross represents forgiveness, redemption, and reconciliation. That the cross is a branch that reaches out to connect us back to the tree of life. That we were separated because sin, but Jesus took the sin upon himself. That way he can reach out again to us and to take us back to the tree of life. We're given a second chance, but are we listening to the voice of wisdom? Are you choosing wisdom and choosing Christ, or instead are you listening to the father of lies? But how often do we listen to the wrong voice? God's voice calls us to truth to love, to righteousness, and it leads to spiritual growth if we obey his voice. The voice of Satan calls us to lies, temptation, and deception. It takes us from the truth of God and puts us in spiritual bondage. 
Satan's voice divides while God's voice unites. The voice, the voice of God tells us to forgive as we were forgiven. The voice of Satan sows seeds of bitterness. The voice of God tells us to turn away from temptation, to forsake the forbidden fruit, and to instead to trust in him. The voice of Satan justifies our sin. How often are Christians coming to church looking and trying to find Jesus, but instead they are justifying their own sin, justifying their own addiction, justifying what they are going through. God is saying to turn towards him, that he is the wisdom that leads to everlasting life, that connects us back to the tree of life. The voice of God calls us to his truth, the one and only truth, while the voice of Satan calls us to form our own truths. One voice leads us closer to Jesus, the other leads us further away. What voice are you following? The third poem in Proverbs 8, and we talked about how it continued the thought that wisdom was present before the dawn of creation. Wisdom is a call of warning. This poem in Proverbs is a call of warning for us to listen to wisdom's instruction and walk in its ways. In verse 32 through 36, it says, Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me, harm themselves. All who hate me, love death. Wisdom is very clear in the scripture that if we, we are to listen to it, to not disregard it, to cling to it, and that if we find wisdom, we find life and favor from the Lord. But if we ignore wisdom, it leads to harm and destruction and eventually death. How many of you would see a severe weather update or tornado warning and completely ignore it? No one. We had that Texas freeze a few years back, and now if we even get an alert that says that happened, we're going to take it for real as a warning sign and, be, and start to get, become prepared. Are you listening to the warning sign? If we were so quick to listen to the warning signs of weather, should we not listen to the warning signs that wisdom is telling us to watch out for? We need to be aware. We need to be aware of what is warning us, that Anything apart from Jesus leads to death. There's no other path. How often do we miss other warning signs in our life? I'm going to tell you a story, and I just need you to just tell me that you're not going to judge me, all right? That's, that's all I need. No judgment here. So when I was in my early 20s with a lot of life before me, so in my early 20s, I was driving a 2001 Toyota Celica. And in, a Toyota Celica is a super low car, and I'm 6'1", so to get into my car, I kind of had to fall into it. Okay? And so I was driving to work, and it was after there was some severe rain. There was some severe weather. And this path that I was taking to my job was kind of down this back way, and there was this place where a lot of water would accumulate. And so there was a high, I think it's called high water crossing. And so as I'm driving there, there's a sign on the left and it says, turn around, don't drown. And I know what you're saying. You're like, you had faith. No, 
<laughs> so as I'm driving up, I see that sign, and there's a truck in front of me, and he floors it through, and he kind of made it. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Wisdom. I'm not going to do that. So I go to turn my car around, and as I turn my car around, water was creeping up kind of like along the sides of the road, and what I didn't know was that there was a ditch. So I'm going, so I turn my car, and my car just nosedives in. So I'm sitting there in my car as water's coming. I'm like, that's not good. So I get out, get out of my car, and luckily I was like two minutes away from my work. So I walked there. My boss had a truck, and he had a chain, was able to pour it out, pull it out. But I tried, I tried to listen to the warning sign, turn around, don't drown. And I turned around, and my car did drown. Luckily, hey, Toyotas, like if you want to get, like those things run forever, man. It went through the water and still survived. The worst part about it, though, was that a few hours later, I'm getting notifications on Facebook, and it turned out that the news had come down to that road. And you see my car just nosedived, and the reporter was not very nice or kind. They said this person did not listen to the, to the warning sign, and this car clearly paid the price. And in my mind, I was like, I did listen, and I did still pay the price. It was unfair. But how often do we miss the warning signs in our life? We see the signs that tell us to slow down, that there's a sharp curve ahead, but yet we don't slow down in life. We don't take Sabbaths. We prioritize work instead of prioritizing our family. You miss the warning sign of losing your child because you're more connected to your phone than you are with them. You miss the warning signs of divorce because you're more concerned about work than your wife. You're more concerned about salary than your spouse. Don't miss the warning signs of wisdom. Wisdom is telling us to be aware, to look out for it, because one path leads to destruction while the other leads to life. Jesus is the wisdom that is warning us. Jesus warns us about the consequences from not repenting, and from refusing his voice. We're going to look at four different warnings quickly in Matthew 7 that Jesus calls out a call of warning. He warns us about the narrow and the wide gate in Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Are you on the narrow gate? Or are you on the broad path to destruction? Are you seeing the warning signs ahead of you, or are you just full sending it and not recognizing that there's a ditch around the corner? Trust in God's wisdom. Jesus continues to warn us about true and false prophets in verses 15 through 19. He also warns us about true and false disciples in 21 through 23. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Many would think that looking at that scripture, those would be true disciples, the ones that are prophesying, driving out demons, and performing miracles. But Jesus doesn't just want them to know his name. He wants them to know him. There's a difference. Do you know Jesus as your Lord 
and Savior. You can come to church, you might know the name of Jesus, you might know the scriptures of Jesus, but do you know him? Jesus is the wisdom, and he wants us to know him intimately. He continues on, and he finishes in Matthew 7 by comparing and warning us about the foolish builder and the wise builder, the one who built it on the rock and the one who built it on the sand. What are you building your life on? If all you're building your life on is your next job promotion, the newer car, newer house, bigger salary, those things are going to wash away. But instead, if you build your foundation on who is Christ, who is our firm foundation, that holds the test of time, and that leads to everlasting life. Not every person who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not every person who goes to church will enter heaven. Not the person who built their life in the world and not in Christ. Not the person who listened to the voice of the enemy versus the voice of our Father. Not the life that the world says, says is successful, but God says is sinful. Heed God's warning. There is no greater warning that Christ gives than an eternity spent away from him. Where, what voice are you listening to? What path are you on? Repent and receive Jesus' redemption. Jesus is calling out to warn you to fix our ways to repent and to turn towards his redemption and be known by him. To follow after him to a life that leads to life. To learn the wisdom from his teachings. To embody his wisdom in our daily lives. Here's the truth for you. Wisdom leads to life. Jesus leads to everlasting life. You cannot live a life of wisdom apart from Jesus. No amount of good deeds or church services you attend or the amount that you give is enough. It is only through Jesus in relationship where he knows you and you know him. The fourth and final poem in Proverbs 9 Wisdom is calling us to a choice. The final poem that we'll look at tonight is found in Proverbs 9, and it, has, it contrasts two different ideas, the path, the way of wisdom, and the way of folly and foolishness. In this, we're going to see a couple similarities, but we're going to see that where it takes us is different. Proverbs 9, 1 through 6 says, Wisdom has built her house. She has set up it's seven pillars. Again, it is a firm foundation. It is seven pillars strong. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She also set her table. She has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. While the path of folly and foolishness says this in verses 13 through 18. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know 
that the dead are there, that our guests are deep in the realm of dead. You can see some similarities. Both voices are calling. The difference is one is preparing a feast while the other one is preparing a funeral. Which voice? Are you listening to the voice of wisdom in which things are prepared, where God has laid down everything for you? All you have to do is to receive this free gift that he offers, and we walk in it every single day. Or instead, are you listening to the voice of folly that is deceitful, that you enter it, and what's it full of? It's a funeral for the dead. What voice are you listening to? Jesus is asking us to make a choice. Just as failing to find wisdom leads to harm, rejecting Jesus as the source of wisdom leads to spiritual death. Embracing Jesus as wisdom brings life, blessing, and favor from the Lord. And here's the truth. Many of us try to follow the principles of Proverbs, but we don't know the person who is wisdom. Proverbs is great, and I encourage you to read that. I told you before that there's a man at the old church that I attended who he read Proverbs once a month. He's done that for 20 years. Whatever the math is on that, he knows the book of Proverbs. But he also knows the person who is Jesus, who is wisdom incarnate. And I encourage you to not just know, not just to have knowledge, but to instead to seek after wisdom. Because Jesus has become the wisdom that we need. 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Jesus is the wisdom of God for us. That ever since the fall that we have been trying to figure out things on our own, and we could never do it on our own ability. Instead, God sends his son to be wisdom for us, to show us the path that leads to life, to avoid the path of destruction, and to instead trust in him, to not be deceived any longer, but to instead to listen to the voice of truth that is wisdom that he's calling us to follow. Jesus is our holiness. Jesus is our righteousness. And Jesus is our redemption. Jesus was the embodiment of wisdom, wisdom and flesh. Wisdom isn't just a body of knowledge. Wisdom is the application of the knowledge that we learn. And as we go, as we've gone through these four different poems, it's a no-brainer in what voice we should follow. It's not hard. Yes, follow the voice of wisdom. Listen to Jesus that is calling us to repentance, to turn from our evil ways, to heed the, the, the warning signs, and to instead to trust in him, to not go down the path that leads to destruction and separation from God. It's a no-brainer. But if I could be so bold to say, I believe that many people in the church have knowledge but lack wisdom. Because the difference is wisdom is the application of knowledge. I can have knowledge on how not to get sunburnt. I know that I, can, I have to put on sunscreen. I actually have to wear a baseball cap for my own personal reasons. That if I go outside that I should look for shade, that I should only be outside for a certain amount of time to reapply sunscreen and do these things. And that's the knowledge of it. But if I do not apply that knowledge, I still get burnt. 
that if I go outside and I don't wear my baseball cap and I don't reapply the sunscreen and I don't look for shade, I'm still going to get burnt. Wisdom is applying the knowledge that we know. We have knowledge, but we need to apply it. We have the knowledge that we shouldn't look at pornography, but we don't have the wisdom to say no to it. We have the knowledge of what an idol is, but we lack the wisdom to recognize the idols in our life and remove them. We have the knowledge that money isn't anything, but yet we put our careers above our family. We have the knowledge of scriptures, but we lack the wisdom to live out what scriptures say. We have biblical knowledge by attending church, but lack the wisdom of being the church. It's time that we push away knowledge instead it's time that we apply the knowledge that we apply the knowledge to our lives and we live that life that you can have the whole new testament memorized but if you do not listen to the heed of warning and you are not listening to the commands that god gives us to love our neighbors to love others to turn the other cheek to do all what christ has commanded to us then we are not living a life in wisdom. Jesus had the knowledge that he had to die on the cross for us, but he had the wisdom to actually do it. I want us to look at one more passage this morning. And uh, we're going to be looking at the book of Ecclesiastes. And again, this is written by King Solomon, one of the wisest men. And he shows us that lack of fulfillment that is found apart from wisdom and apart from knowing God. Solomon had every opportunity to see what would truly bring happiness. He had fame, he had power and money, a whole bunch of concubines, and everything that the world would deem as successful. But instead, he says it is worthless, that it is all meaningless. But he concludes the book of Ecclesiastes by saying this, in chapter 12, verses 13 through 14. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. The wisest man in all the world, who had all the power and plunder that he could ever want, looks at it all and says that he missed it because he did not fear the Lord. It's not in vacations. It's not in your job. Your identity is not in anything else. Your identity needs to be found in Christ. When Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him, he meant it. When he said he is the way. There is no other way. There is no shortcut. There is no other path. There is no how many services you attend, how much money that you give, how much, how much you serve in the community. He says that he is the only way. Do you know Jesus? The one that is calling out to you from, at the city's gate, the one that's calling out to you from the highest place, the one that's calling to you in the public square, or instead are you ignoring it and passing it by? He is the way. He is the truth. That there is no truth apart from Jesus. That anything that the enemy says that deems as successful, that 
deems as right, it is wrong. That he is the everlasting truth that hold, that has held up from the very beginning of creation to the very end of the world, that he is the truth and that he is the life. That the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, I have come so that they may have life and have it to the fullest. Are you experiencing the fullness of God? Are you repenting of your ways and of the sin and your shortcomings that's separating from you? Are you addicted to something that you need to lay down at the altar and to give it over to God? He sees you where you are, and he came down to break that, to, get a, to give us a chance of redemption to go back to the tree of life. Stop eating of the forbidden fruit and to instead to trust and to heed the voices of warning that are calling out to you. All other things lead to death and destruction, but only through Jesus that it leads to life. God is calling out. He's calling you to repentance. He's calling you to redemption and restoration with the Father. He's calling out a signs of warning about the dangers and the destructive paths that if we continue down, that we will not be with him. And he's calling you to make a choice this morning. I can invite everybody to stand if we can dim the lights. Will you choose the broad path or the narrow gate? Are you going to follow the path of wisdom or instead are you going to follow the path of folly? Two voices are calling. Which one are you going to follow? And make the choice to rid yourself of the knowledge on how to be a Christian and to instead put on wisdom of living your life as a Christian. Jesus is calling, calling us to repentance, calling us to redemption. He's calling out to warn us, and he's calling out for you to make a choice today. Do you know the person, the embodiment of wisdom who is Jesus Christ? If I can invite everyone to close their eyes. I don't want to rush past this moment. But if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you do not know that you know him. Or rather, you do not know that you are known by him. And you are seeking for something to fill your life. The only thing that could ever fill you is Jesus. And if this is you and you're sitting here and God is tugging at your heart, and he's wanting you to make that choice today to know the person who is wisdom, the person who is love, the person who is mercy, the person who is grace. I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, God loves you. Two, it is the greatest decision that you will ever make. Three, if that's you, would you just be so bold to raise your hand this morning? I see those hands. We're gonna sing, we're gonna sing a song. We're gonna say a prayer. I just want everyone to repeat after me if we can do it in unison. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins and surrender my life. Wash me clean. I believe that Jesus Christ 
is the Son of God, that he died on the cross for my sins and rose again on the third day. I believe that in my heart and make confession with my mouth that Jesus is my Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for those who made that decision. There's no greater decision that you could ever make. We're going to throw up some prayer points, and I just want you to spend some time with your family, with a prayer partner to my left and right, or if you just need to come to the altar and to lay some things down. Our prayer points are this, to pray for open hearts and ears to hear Jesus' call in our lives. Asking God to help us recognize his voice amidst the noise of the world and respond with willingness, willingness, and obedience. To pray for a deep understanding of the redemption offered through Jesus and ask God to reveal his love and grace to us that leads us to repentance. To pray for discernment and wisdom and to heed the warning signs that Jesus gives in his word. Number four, pray for clarity and courage to make a conscious choice to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. I'm going to pray, and then after that, I just encourage you to spend time with God. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord, to just speak your word, to show that you are wisdom incarnate, God. Lord, I pray that we would begin to know you as a person versus just as a proverb or some or words on a page, but that we would know the person who is Jesus Christ. God, that we would apply that wisdom, the wisdom that you lived, Father, in the way that you acted, in the way that you talked, in the way that you responded, Father, and that we would learn to embody that in our own life. God, that we cannot be wisdom apart from you, and God, that we desire for you to dwell inside of us. Lord, I pray that we would spend this time with you, Lord God, seeking and looking at our life, Lord God, to see the warning signs that are there and to make a conscious choice, God, to choose you, to choose wisdom over all things foolishness. God, we love you and we praise you and we're gonna seek after you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.